0: Recording in progress. Okay, they tell you, (laughs) just so you know. (laughs) Um, Bro, what's up? How you doing? Oh my God, I'm exhausted.
1: (laughs) I'm exhausted. There's just so much going on. There's so much to update you on, but mostly it is hot in Topeka. Like it is
0: yeah. so hot here. <laughs> There's a heat wave happening in LA right now and it's unmanageable. My AC cannot keep up. I think both of us have fans running in the background. So if you guys hear fans uh, in the background, we're not going to do anything about that. I got to stay cool y'all. I can't sweat to death during this podcast. If you
1: hear fans, or you are fans, oh, <laughs> or you have an OnlyFans. Okay,
0: okay. Either way, we're
1: happy that you join us. Make that feet money pick. <laughs> feet pick money. <laughs> uh, I do not have photo worthy feet, or else it
0: may be a career change. That uh, I Man. need some extra dollars. So <laughs> I do not judge at all. I wish I could make money from feet picks. Oh my god, <laughs> the dream! I tell
1: people all the time, my love handles and my mama. If either one of them go away, <laughs> it's all it's over for you, bitches.
0: Oh my gosh! You see, um, uh, so, today, T,
1: I will say, oh yeah, go ahead. you froze a little bit. You froze. I just wanted to say that. I don't know if that's like me or you, but you froze.
0: Okay, I, I'll, I'll see if I can cut around that. Okay.
1: Um, all right. Am I, so, am I still frozen? Are we, Yeah, you're kind of like a little delayed, but not like a lot. So I just, again, we've had these recording issues before. It's our 100th. I would love to not have the issue again.
0: 100 episodes in. We still having these issues.
1: Of course, the phone rings
0: right now. (laughs) (laughs) Take it, take it, go ahead. Um, It's
1: almost always telemarketers, but i'm just saying that like it's i, I get calls from
0: florida all the time and i'm like no yeah. one from florida has any business calling me exactly. I know you're playing
1: no games. one if you're not my mom there's literally no reason
0: to call me if you're
1: from florida Gosh. Uh, are you well, ready
0: yeah yeah oh well, you know okay. what i just want to say like uh, be, you know and i can i can edit this out but just you know to kind of like start this off like you know how you doing how's rex how's work like I was going to say, you
1: can keep some of this. I missed you, bruh. It's been a while, even for us. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. (laughs) It has been a minuto. I don't think that's the right word, but whatever. I'm tired. (laughs) (sighs) Happy podcasting, people. Um, I guess we could just, if you hear us rambling, just know that it's one of those days, but... More than anything, I think what you're waiting for us to say is "What up, bros?
0: What up, bros?"
1: And welcome to "Bros Meets World."
0: It's Meets World."
1: Your boy meets world, a fun cost. I am a siege, and I am your co-host Tony Curtis. And this is our one hundredth episode.
0: Yes, it is our 100th episode of this podcast. I don't think it's the 100th episode of the show. Um,
1: No, or maybe, I don't know. I think what's really important is that we have been recording, you know, we've had like our little side uh, episodes, you know, things come and go, but... Long story short, you have been listening to us for a hundred of these bad boys, bear men. Thank you for hanging in there. We yeah. know we had some rough roads in the past. We have some rough roads now, but
0: <laughs> guys, yeah, we want to thank you guys for sticking with us for a hundred episodes. If you've been with us since the beginning, if you ju- if you're just finding us, thanks for you know coming on board to the Bra Meets World fam. Um, as each has stated, um, this is just something me and him have been doing in our free time. This is just something that we do for fun. This isn't like this consistent uh, like job that we have that we're like focusing on. This isn't our main source of income. In fact, we make no money from this. Um, <laughs> this is just something that we do to, you know, just have a break from the monotony of life. And so, I respect you guys um, allowing us time to, you know, make room for our personal lives. And, you know, I know lately our episodes have been kind of all over the place as far as release dates, but, um, you know, uh, things come up, life happens. And uh, y'all, we, we live right, into a
1: pandemic, so.
0: Yeah. Well, I will <laughs> say this, watching a Christmas episode during a heat wave did help a lot with uh, mentally cooling me down a bit. Um, I have,
1: see, I just, wanna, I just I just want to say really, really quick because it won't make sense a little bit later. Watching this Christmas episode actually and watching Topanga's behavior got me hot as in angry, as in I have a lot of things pieces. (laughs) Yes,
0: I'm so glad you brought that up because I too have a lot of thoughts about Topanga in this episode and how they portray dude. They Topanga is a bitch this episode, right? And I say that as someone who like understands that, like, hey, I'm not someone who tries to use that term towards women, but the show wrote Topanga to be that way in this just like they have for women throughout the last few seasons we've talked about this before Topanga steamrolls all over the Matthews Christmas traditions this year and it's just it's really frustrating to see how it played out
1: I like for me I uh, uh, God, you want to just get into it because like I want to talk about yeah, this yeah so but of course I want to set it up um and as always I appreciate you guys for taking the time and dealing with dealing with us and our tangents but i think that leads me and t with the tell me about it
0: yeah yeah let's jump in and tell me about it 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 feels wrong (laughs) at that key i know that's 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 lower but tell us i'm not feeling it i gotta go high Tell us about it, yeah Topanga is a bitch And Cory may pull a ditch without a romantic kind of shift
1: For those of you who don't know, we are talking about Season 5, Episode 10, A Very Topanga Christmas. Um, Corey wonders if he's being henpicked when Topanga spends the holidays with the Matthews family and takes charge of the festivities. Corey plans to surprise Topanga, who is spending Christmas at his house, with a promise ring. That means they'll be together forever. But he's unnerved by moments of doubt after learning that he and Topanga, who have so much in common, have very different holiday traditions. She drinks cider rather than eggnog. She prefers a fresh-cut tree rather than an aluminum one, and she opens gifts on Christmas Eve, not Christmas morning. When it, com- when it seems Topanga's unwilling to compromise, Corey has serious misgivings about the ring and their future. At 16, because that's what you do. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I, I don't... I, okay, so let me just ask you these questions right off the bat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Growing up, do you mm-hmm. have a real tree or a Fake tree. Fake tree. Oh, okay. I had a real tree.
1: Well, so, like, I think it's also, like, when are we talking about this? You know, like, when I was really, really young, they went and they splurged. And also, we lived in Virginia. You got the real tree. In Florida, they were like, yo, put this thing in a box. (laughs) Take it out. It's just as good. Um, And also this is before the gram but you know it's for the photos you can't tell in a photo whether or not it's a real tree. I will you just... say
0: as someone who grew up with a mom who was very topanga about a christmas tree um there's a nostalgia to the smell i that's what it really primarily is now do i would i impose a seven hour drive on someone to get the perfect christmas tree from out of state absolutely not
1: so it's so funny that you said that because what when they did the drive it dawned on me I was like you know who's not there Amy and you want to know why because a Amy always don't like Topanga like she likes Topanga but she's like I'm not putting up with this nonsense Amy's the real one and they were like we're going to get Topanga a tree and she was like that's a y'all situation I'm not doing this that is nonsense. <laughs> and so, again, if y'all want to go get Topanga a tree seven hours away, you do you. i am be here baking cookies and not ruining my holidays because that's nonsense.
0: So, so what we're referring to is, um, you know, Topanga sees that the Matthews have this fake tree and that they're drinking eggnog instead of cider. By the way, I'm team eggnog. I don't know where you land on that
1: see i don't like milk-based drinks like i don't
0: bro we're topanga and Corey in this in we are this but industry. you
1: know what you know what i didn't say i didn't say tc this podcast will never make it i mean like you like eggnog i like cider what are we supposed to do whoa, whoa, Continue whoa. Talking we, to we each may other? not
0: be able to do this podcast if we don't agree on this siege we might have to cut all ties <laughs> i don't like orange juice i'm gonna break up with you um yes yeah, so she- well, here's
1: like <laughs> if, if you bring up Something like, I don't like orange juice, I think I'm going to bring up with you. It's not about the orange juice. It's not. It's
0: never been. (laughs) And, okay, so that really brings me to the thing I really want to talk about, which is the whole idea of promise rings and teenagers giving each other promise rings. Um, Did you know anything about promise rings or anyone who gave promise rings? Of
1: course. You and I both grew up in a very religious environment of course I knew about promise rings. And then there was that whole wave with the Jonas Brothers and their promise rings. And it's just, honestly, it sounds to me like something a marketing company came up with and was like, okay, you're not gonna marry her just yet? How about a promise ring that can get 16 year olds to still buy jewelry and it makes no sense. And if anything, it's kind of creepy. It's kind of like uh, putting someone on layaway. I think
0: it's cultish. And I think it stems from purity culture and this idea of staying pure and all this shit, which apparently Corey and Topanga kind of lean into. Um, I mean, apparently they gave each other promise. <laughs> oh, man. Um, this is what
1: I'm saying. Like, it, it's definitely putting a person, specifically a female's virginity, on layaway and being like, oh, you can't do anything because everyone knows that men don't approach women with rings because that's just kind of like a man's Claim of being like she's taken property of so and so. So when they see it, even at sixteen, they're like, "Oh, she's off limits." And if you don't have a problem with that, you have a problem.
0: (laughs) It's also interesting to me, knowing this show that uh, you know Corey's giving her a promise ring and legit cheats on her in like three episodes.
1: You you will not let that go. Like
0: let it go. I can't let like hey, I want to. This gift is a lifelong commitment. is what we're meant to believe but literally within like weeks that whole commitment is shaken up and i just think that's so interesting that they knew when they were planning the season that they were going to do a promise ring and a cheat episode like relatively close together that's crazy to me
1: okay so two problems with your theory one is that you think any of these writers thought ahead to later on in the season. We take it one day at a time. We take it one episode at a time. Who knows next week we could be going to space. I don't know. (laughs) So there's that. And then second of all is um, (laughs) we all know that at least as far as pop culture, especially in the nineties were concerned, women are faithful. So the promise ring is for her. Men don't get the ring until the actual marriage, and therefore, no ring, no thing. Like, they, like, I don't have a promise like, ring. I'm just living my life doing me. I
0: uh, <laughs> like, a, a peek behind the curtain of the patriarchy right now. Just like this claim is on her exclusively, even though they both have rings. Uh, uh, man, I, I, I only say this too because I grew up, like you, um, around a lot of uh, Southern Baptist Christian people and families and friends and there were promise rings and to me it just feels um like a lot of like this decision for like to put on for example I'm sorry I'm I'm sorry if my thoughts are getting scattered here but Corey is freaking out for good reason right now because he's like oh I didn't realize this is the rest of our lives we're talking about I didn't realize that like oh like you know this is something that I'm gonna have to deal with forever Like, it's just like, but I'm also giving her a promise ring, saying that I'm down to do it, even though clearly I've demonstrated that I don't understand what that even means, I guess is the main takeaway that I took from that.
1: No, absolutely. And like, just the reality is... You don't know at that age. Like it's the equivalent of a dare promise. You know, like you're like, oh yeah, I'll never do drugs. And yeah, that's a great promise to make at 16 and mean it at 16. At 26, a little less so. At 36, hell no, I'm gonna do what I want. And that's what these systems are things like promise rings and the dare promise and all of this. It is really to control children's behavior. And then who takes a promise more seriously? A child who doesn't know how the world works um or an adult who's just like yeah okay whatever
0: (laughs) i wonder where this whole idea of a promise ring even came up for either of them because to me promise rings stem from religion and neither of their parents tend seem to be very religious so i'm just interested in what that is even
1: well i mean you're forgetting that especially in the 90s and even some now but like a lot of american culture is based in religious um behavior and you don't have to be religious to be conservative um, in your thinking and approach to things especially in America especially for middle class white families in America who probably go to church once a year um, and so and the whole reason of going to church once or twice a year is to check in and, and remind yourself of these values that America supposedly holds dear and i i I saw it as a very likely scenario that someone like Corey, who again has committed himself to this girlfriend he ends up being a, very often act like a married couple like i could see them wanting to imitate um marriage in that way but i do not think it's a healthy approach and i think that he is right to also question some things but it's it's the extremes to which he um questions things and the kind of like encouragement from his family when when eric's like this is you and the rest of your life it's like oh i would just be like i mean i would say something but ultimately this relationship isn't supposed to last outside yeah. of high school so Tell
0: Corey, like hey this isn't the rest of your life this isn't a pressure that you need to figure out that's going to have lifelong consequences this is just high school this if you don't like it dude date someone else like it's fine and no one is saying that to Corey not even Amy who should be the one saying that and I get it she wants to keep the peace for the holidays but Amy we need you to hard pedal the real because Corey is given promise rings about purity but also inviting topanga into her bed into his bed in the middle of the night so which is it Corey like what? Which is again?
1: It? <laughs> it's whichever one makes the most sense to me? <laughs> like <laughs> which one will get me the most benefit? Um, is the real answer. And then also, I think that you have to remind yourself that, um, again, back then and even now, so to speak, we're not telling fully grown adults. That you don't have to go through this. Do you know how many relationships adults, like 20, 30, sometimes 40 year olds are in a relationship where things aren't working and they're like, we don't, we don't really have things compatible, but we've been together forever. So I guess I just stay like, that's just such a common thing. And it's like, no, it's completely normal to have different interests, but it's also completely normal to be like, yo, the fact that you put orange juice and grapefruit juice in the same glass and expect me to drink it really is a flag for me like like that is something that will bother me day in and day out and so we should talk about whether or not this is something that is really compatible
0: thank you i'm so glad you brought up like just uh hey we should talk about this because the entire time i'm thinking okay so Corey has a real issue here with setting boundaries. He is letting Topanga do whatever, and the thing is that Topanga's not even trying to take over the Matthews Christmas. She's just excited about Christmas, and at no point does Corey say, "Actually, we we actually really like this tree," or you know, like you know, I do want the star on the top of the tree. By the way, did you have a star or an angel on top of your Christmas tree? Angel. Interesting. We started angel and then went to to light up tree, uh, light up star
1: yeah, so I'm actually trying to think now. I think this year, I think I think with my boyfriend, we have the star, but like growing up, I think it was angel. um and then also, again, for me at this point in time, I'm like, whatever it's a it's a tree decorated like change the theme every year. I do know yeah. like you're right, there's a certain sentimentality to Christmas trees, and Christmas time specifically is a very unique time because it's very much around family and tradition and what you did the year before so I get that and I even saw Topanga kind of like wanting to bring in a little bit of her family which she said she was okay with it but it also felt like her parents just abandoned her and she was like yo it's fine I'm gonna be with Corey you know like that's kind of like her delivery she had and so I could see her like really missing her family and really like trying to bring them in I can see that but also, as you said, it's very much up to Corey and be like, hey, yeah, we can compromise and we'll drink eggnog now and then a little bit we'll get you some cider or we'll do it tomorrow. Let's what what are your traditions? Well, let's see if we can fold some of this in. Not just straight up giving into it because this is, this is a me thing. I'm not that person. (laughs) Not when I went to the grocery store and bought all this stuff. You should have said something earlier.
0: (laughs) It's also strange to me, like, okay, so I, I love what you said about Topanga uh, feeling lonely and abandoned by her parents and needing those traditions to comfort her in the time where she feels isolated uh, amongst her adopted family, so to speak. I wish they would have leaned into that, in, that more. I wish the pang would have said something like, hey, I never see my parents, these traditions are, are making me feel at home. Something to make us sympathize with her versus her just wanting it her way, which is how it's uh, shown throughout the show. Um I can't imagine ever, like, being a guest at someone else's house on Christmas and not being like, oh, like, I would imagine I'm going to spend Christmas with another family, I'm going to see all new traditions, and I'm just going to experience Christmas in their way. I would never, ever think to come into another person's home on Christmas and then make it all of my shit. Like, that just seems so inconsiderate. Like, she's so painfully unaware of, of how inconsiderate she is that it's just who is this Topanga
1: yeah very very much well first of all she is the Topanga that they need her to be this Topanga is very much a, a blank slate where they just like input girlfriend tropes onto Topanga but then again it's very much like I I can see the character Topanga be behaving this way again not not really, but like, I'll give you the argument that the character Topanga has behaved this way. She's a child. That makes sense. It is the adults. Like, they had no problem with Sean. Well, actually, they did have a problem with Sean. They were very passive aggressive with Sean when Sean moved in. But it's like, no, you set boundaries. You're like, this is how we do things. Um, And then and you're right. As a guest, it's like, did her parents? Like, I don't know. Maybe this is like a person of color thing, but I can't imagine anybody's house and my mama hearing that I went in there and made demands on Christmas. No, 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 no. You respectfully sit there. I'm allergic to half the stuff that people serve at Christmas and I'm still like thank you I'll make do Uh, um, you know I like I try to let them know ahead of time so no one feels put out but like that's how you're a guest in someone's house and of course they want you to make you feel comfortable but that's like in the small things they don't change their traditions so it's, you
0: it's a great example of uh when like uh entitlement in white women this like Hey, I'm entitled to the things I want, but it's from this place of like, Hey, like I'm a girl, you know, don't be a dick about it. Like, you know, this was what makes me happy. Happy wife, happy life. Ha ha ha. And it just, it doesn't feel like at any point the Topanga apologize for not respecting the matthews traditions like she apologized she's like i'm sorry my family has different traditions than you but that's not the apology the apology was that you didn't respect any of my family's traditions in my family's house when they were kind enough to let you stay and that's exactly. the big thing about topanga that just kind of like seven Again. hours in a car to vermont remind- i googled it i googled mapped it i was like i have to see how long this will take. have you ever driven with a, a christmas tree on your on the hood on the roof of your car it's terrifying. It's terrifying. You're constantly worried it's going to roll off. You can't get on the highway with that. Nonetheless, a multi-state road trip? Impossible.
1: Exactly. And this is, this is what I meant. Like, I, I said it earlier. I'll say it again. There's a reason Amy wasn't involved in the earlier scenes. Because <laughs> Amy's just the real character. And Amy would have been like, nah, son. <laughs> Topanga gonna get this aluminum Christmas tree. <laughs> we'll get her a pine fresh. <laughs> like air freshener and take it from there. Like I just, you want to be accommodating, but you don't want to just change everything about your family traditions. Because again, then the following year, um Sorry, not the following year, but like this year, what you're doing is you're disrupting their traditions and they have things that they've done time and time again. And it's very easy sometimes to fold those things in. You know, like Topena could have been like, Hey, my family usually does roles. Mr. Feeney, do you mind if I read it with you? Or like maybe we just dress up and listen to you. you? know like they they have their traditions. You ask and see if you can modify, not demand. Um, and then also like. I will say like, she doesn't really demand, but she just kind of like, as you said, does that white woman thing where it's like, I mean, like, it'd be really nice if we did. I'm not saying that you have to, I'm just saying that like, I'm alone on Christmas and my parents aren't
0: here. So I mean it'd be nice to have some cider. <laughs> Specifically from Vermont. Um,
1: you know, Aaron- And then, and then, wait, 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 wait. And Then when she got there, she was like, and now that we're here, can we get some syrup? <laughs> Again, to me girl if you don't get in this car (laughs) yeah
0: seven hours there and back that's a 14 hour total trip for this chick um eric brings up a really good like a valid issue pretty early on he's like dude why are you letting her walk all over you like why are you like he's noticing the codependency and the lack of boundaries being set and it's it's something that like Corey kind of brushes off but it never like it it built like okay I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, there's no ne- uh, like, Corey silently resents Topanga throughout the entire episode and then finally explodes on her, um, instead of just communicating and setting healthy boundaries at the beginning. I think that's kind of what I got from this whole thing is that no one is setting healthy boundaries with each other.
1: Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, I keep going back to like Alan and Abe because I feel like even it's not just Corey, Alan keeps me like, you know, like. I think it's nice that he says, you know, your mom wants to talk in the middle of the night. I can't sleep, but that's what she needs. So I stay up and I like make him out of planes. I don't have a problem with that. That's like, yo, I love my wife. We have this bond. She needs to talk in the middle of the night to help her go to sleep. That's okay. But the way that they sell it and then the fact that they use it as an analogy to Topanga's demands, it's kind of like women be demanding. This is, you know, like women rule the house. What are you going to do except have insomnia and then just ignore all your feelings (laughs) it's like no i I honestly like i was listening to corey when she was like what do you usually do at 3 a.m he's like sleep (laughs) like traditionally i sleep like like i was like no i'm corey in that moment where it's like no why did you wake me up to talk at 3 a.m how about you write down what you want to talk about and i'm going to sleep
0: (gasps) <gasps> well, that, okay, so I, in that regard, like I really did feel like this episode played up gender roles in that way as like women are the ones who are up late worrying all the time, like while the men have to find ways to deal with the women. And, and, that's, and I feel that was confirmed with Alan being like, I've been saving these model planes for each of my sons, not for each of my children, each of my sons. Morgan doesn't need one because she's going to be the one waking men up because that's how women be according to Boy Meets World. As a gay man, I can tell you
1: That my boyfriend completely wakes up in the middle of the night being like, hey, I can't sleep. And as I said, I'm like, that's us for you. (laughs) You get five five minutes. (laughs) And then I'm out. Um, Yeah.
0: Oh, oh my goodness. Um, One thing I wanted to point out was that uh, I I wanted to go back. You had mentioned the Christmas Carol thing with Feeney. Topanga was at Christmas last year with the Matthews. Like she's been spending Christmases with, she knows these traditions is what I mean. Um, Here's a quick trivia for you. Do you remember who the Matthews spent Christmas with last season? In season four last year, according to the show, who were, who was there other than Topanga?
1: I honestly, like my mind is going blank. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I honestly can't think of anyone right now. Um, I I just don't know.
0: <laughs> okay, so Sean was there. Okay. Obviously. Two other ones, Jonathan Turner and Lonnie were at Christmas last year. Do you remember Lonnie from the uh she worked at the the sporting goods store? Yes. From the mountains.
1: Wow. So like blast from the past.
0: He was just in the show last season. You could completely forgot about her
1: didn't he, like you said Lonnie and I was like going through all the male characters to, to, to think I was like yeah. no that's not the grocery store dude that's not Lonnie but wow that's crazy
0: it was the episode where Eric uh and her were stuck in that car and they had to like get naked in the sleeping bag together um but I went back to see it because I was like yeah Topanga was there so she and she knows these traditions she knows what's up um
1: I did, that's another thing. Like when they were like Topangas first Christmas, I was like, I or or what happened <laughs> even more so there was a, a moment where um she was like, Do you ever wake up in the middle of the night? And he was like, No, never. And I was like, actually, season one or season two, the whole finale is the fact that you woke up in the middle of the night. Like that was yeah, the yeah. Premise. Oh. So <laughs>
0: Yeah, they this is shit. they go back and forth i think they even have a real christmas tree in previous episodes like i i don't think there's any consistency of thought into this we one. talk about this
1: just so you know boy meets world is in the multiverse theory um each episode of boy meets world is actually a different universe of boy meets world and actually that would make a lot more sense <laughs> um
0: i i i Yes, 100%, 100%.
1: Um, So, all right, really quickly, uh, what I was going to say is um, that uh, I also did, like, there was uh, a little bit of Jack in this episode, and I liked the idea of Jack being like, yo, I don't know Topanga that well. And I was like, yes, thank you for acknowledging. He's like, I don't know her.
0: (laughs) Well, it's interesting, because, okay, it's one thing to be like, I don't really know her that well, and then Topanga shows up, like, Three minutes later and Jack is like, Hey, Corey, some girl is here to see you. As if he doesn't know who Topanga even is. Like, she was just at your house for Thanksgiving, bro. Like she was just there. She's there all the time. Little known fact, Jack
1: has face blindness.
0: <laughs> I, I I thought you were gonna say, I actually do have a fun fact about this, uh, which is that uh uh Matthew Lawrence and Topanga. Uh, Daniel Fishel who played Jack and Topanga actually dated in real life around the time that this episode was going down
1: I assumed because I was like I felt when they have that scene where they are kissing I was like this felt like the writers being like you get to kiss um, Matthew Lawrence and it was like yeah Yeah. it it felt like a
0: it was it was like they those two characters literally have no business kissing each other so it felt like something that was written in because of their off-camera relationship
1: absolutely um so you know i i am glad that we got to use jack a little bit better um and then also in reality the idea that topanga would like be you know it's not like an unrealistic future you know like sometimes they do stuff like that but i was like
0: people of course they would gravitate towards each other yeah
1: exactly but like again i didn't like the idea of because you guys didn't agree with this actually like the worst thing about the future is that Topinga has moved on and found someone else it's you know like yeah. that is the worst case scenario um and then also uh, a little bit of fat phobia of course being totally. like oh um what's even worse now, not only do you not know have to paint up but you're fat so
0: your life is over i'm sorry you you froze a little bit can Thanks. you repeat that sorry later?
1: Yeah, no, no. I said the fact that, um, you know, Topanga's moved on and found somebody else, and you've grown up and you've gotten fat. Worst case scenario. In America, that's the absolute worst thing that could ever happen to you. Because, you know, according to American television, there is no such thing as a fat guy with a hot wife. Never happened.
0: Ever. the idea that in the 90s the worst thing that could happen is that you break up from your high school sweetheart and put on pounds in your 30s i'm like isn't that what happened to literally everyone <laughs> like i i this is an inevitable thing and in some for, for a lot of people and so for them to put it as like this is the ghost of christmas future this is the worst case scenario it's like this is actually the most likely scenario
1: so but i think like like Let's think about who's writing this. I think in like think about LA. In LA, like everyone prides themselves on not being that statistic. They're not like their friends back in their hometowns yeah. who gained weight and vision. Like that is why I think you get this trope all the time where it's like, oh, and then he grew up and he was just like every other regular American. Unlike LA, where it's like it's it's your job to kind of present yourself as someone who made it out of a small town and looks better does better
0: well i mean that would explain why the guy who is casted as fat cory to me was like moderately overweight like he didn't seem like obese or anything and maybe that's just because like standards for for weight in the 90s were like you know kate moss you know so i maybe in comparison um but the dude just didn't seem like he was kind of a chubby dude but he wasn't like I don't know. I'm not trying to fat shame the way the show is.
1: Well, no, no, no. I think you're right. It's it's one of those things where they're like, you don't have the bottom. Sorry, you don't have the bottom. Ha, you don't have the body of a 60-year-old boy anymore at the age of 32. And you're like, yeah, you won't. I'm going to tell you right now, you ain't keeping that metabolism. <laughs> hey. one thing- tell kids the truth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> one thing I wanted to mention about the scene in there in Sean and Jack's apartment is um. Corey worrying about Topanga liking different stuff like, oh, she likes her orange juice this way and she likes her tree this way. It felt very much um, like the episode we saw a few episodes ago in this season where Jack and Eric are on a double date and they switch dates because they want to date the person that they're most like instead of the person that would compliment them, and they make this whole reference of like no one makes a peanut butter and peanut butter sandwich or or something like that. Yeah, um, which to me is everything that Corey's bitching about in this episode to the point where I'm just like, it, it, it felt. I wish the writers were to give them a different conflict to have than just, oh, she likes her orange juice differently to me. To me, it felt so shallow. It felt so surface level. And it felt like a lesson that was already taught through the show in a previous episode of the season.
1: Well, again, we, we need to do things. Boy Meets World Multiverse Theory um, is how I'm going to explain these things moving forward. But also, I think that... Um, I think that it's important for us to note again it's very common for people to not or for our culture to promote similarity as reasons to stick together it's like oh you guys like the same things you guys can go like that's that's literally what we tell kids boys growing up it's like think about um 500 days of summer where again remember it's that whole um getting him out of that delusion that just because you guys like the same music means that you're meant to be together like that's just what we define um or what we tell kids at a very young age oh you guys like the same things you like the same music you like the same t-shirt well then maybe you guys have so much in common it's it's bound to work and it's like no in reality what you need most importantly is mutual attraction <laughs> mutual tolerance for the other person's, um, you know, like that's, that's what the only thing that's going to work. As long as you have those two things, anything can work out.
0: And communication skills, which Corey and Topanga are severely lacking, um, in their relationship.
1: But again, they're 16, and I think that's the thing. It's like, yeah. this would be great if they were like, yo, you're 16-year-olds. You don't really know how to communicate. That's not on you. This is a good lesson. Yeah. Instead, they're like, hey, you're, six, you're 16-year-olds that were putting in a situational comedy like you're 32. So act like two-year-olds, and
0: go. Yeah, propose, go. What? Um, I, I overall really um, didn't like Topanga in this episode at all. I, I don't know if we're supposed to. I don't know if at any point she's supposed to redeem herself, but I don't feel as though her character redeems herself for just really steamrolling all over the Matthews this Christmas. Um I don't I don't know if you came around to forgiving her towards the end or not.
1: Again, i, I I'll say I did, but only because, like, I'm like, this is, it was written this way. You know, the character was put in this situation, whatever, comes, see, come saw. Like, that's how I felt about it. I did not feel like, oh, Topanga learned a lesson and she apologized because no, she didn't. I didn't feel like, I felt like she was being manipulative in this episode. I felt like there was a lot of passive aggressiveness. I felt like, but then again, as I said, I felt like it's all being reinforced by the adults in the situation, so-
0: um any thoughts on jack and eric's i mean jack and sean's storyline
1: i think we we've done this a few times it's they're getting to know each other and like they constantly have this um kind of like divide you know the haves and the have nots i grew up with money i didn't um and i think that uh, i hope we move past this (laughs) because it's getting tiring but also it makes sense um you know like this is their first holiday together and one person's used to going skiing and one person's used to um you know checking out with other people's families so I think it's great that they acknowledge that and they don't just play it off but it is kind of getting uh, a tired trope. so I hope we move on
0: Yeah, to me it kind of feels like, um, I think it was like season three where they were like, every episode was them trying to make a name for themselves in high school. It kind of feels like we're seeing a very similar pattern um, with this kind of like rich kid, poor kid, um, sibling dynamic. Um, One of the things I want to point out is that Jack and Sean are talking about their Christmas traditions. And Jack says, oh, my family goes skiing in the French Alps every year. And Sean says, oh, at the trailer park, we just thank God for the things that we have. And I, you know, what, as much as this is like a joke, I think this is also like the show making a very valid point about the relationship of wealth and gratitude. Um, well,
1: so no, like, I was gonna, like, I see where you're going with it. But I disagree in the sense that what it does is it villainizes money, again, as a television show that totally makes money and they're like oh no the the, the true value is intimacy and family and, and being close together and it's like that's true but let's not pretend that rich people don't also have those things there are plenty of rich people who had their own traditions and they take Christmas very ser- seriously and just because they bought their kid a literal pony for Christmas, like that's their version of expressing love. Like that's that doesn't make it any less so. And I do think there's this idea of being poor is bad, but being rich is evil. And do I feel that way on a um, <laughs> economic scale? Absolutely. But do I feel that way um, on a personal level? No. Like that's saying that people are black or white, and I don't. I don't agree with that.
0: I. You know. I i i will say that the show does villainize like our jack for being uh i guess i don't know uh, i guess rich yeah i guess you know for his wealth i didn't really read it as that though i just read it as a gratitude thing because like to to feel grateful for what you have i feel yeah. in my observations from coming from like being raised in projects to now being in LA and having access to a lot of people who are very extremely wealthy. In my own personal experience, I have found that people with more money, sometimes, I mean, this is just my personal opinion. People who have a lot of wealth and a lot of money often worry about the maintenance and adding on to that to the point where they sometimes can't fully enjoy it. For example, did you grow up with a pool in your backyard? Yes. I did not grow up with a pool in my backyard. Anytime I went over to anyone's house, who had a pool. I was in that pool all day long. If you grow up in a pool, you're not going to think, like, oh man, I'm so grateful that we have a pool in the backyard. I can jump in on the summer day. Because after a few years, it's just going to be commonplace. And I do think that that can sometimes, like, you know, wealth is just the accumulation of stuff. And uh, the idea that sometimes the stuff is going to, yeah, you're skiing in the Alps, but. Jack, do you have a close relationship with your dad? Like, there's there's other things that matter than I agree. Stuff.
1: That was like, like what I'm saying is Jack's saying, hold on, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, sorry. I'm just saying I agree with what you're over. You're saying overall. I'm saying in the scene, and I'm just taking the scene in the scene. Jack said, I usually go skiing with my family in the Alps, and Sean was like, I usually am just grateful for what I can get. And I was just like, okay, that's not a one for one. What you could have said is, oh, that sounds amazing. Or we do this. um, But, you know, we enjoyed it just as much, you know, like illustrating that there are two different versions and getting Jack to be like, oh, you know, I never thought about my family trips with my family Sorry, my family trips. Up. I never thought of the ski trips with my family as something that I valued, but now that I'm not going this year, you're right. I, I really do miss that. Or it wasn't the ski trip, it was being close. Like you there's a way to illustrate that. And instead, they were like, Oh, he has money. Shallow kid doesn't even know how to enjoy Christmas. It's like that's no. You know <laughs> if,
0: if, if I'm focusing on the prompt, which is how what are your Christmas traditions? Not the Sean's response of it yes it is just like you asked me what my traditions were and I'm telling you so why are you making me feel like a dick about it also the fact that Sean strangely brings god into this and then like jack has to be like oh we we pray on the plane like Sean you pick and choose when god is in your life
1: like an american <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no no i i like again i I didn't want to really get into it because like, I, I, again, just overall with the episode, I'm like, and I get where you're going with this. I get the overall mood. I can only take you for what you actually wrote and your message gets muddled. When you say, when you try to compare two things that are not related, like it's very easy again to be like, Hey, there is a commercial side of Christmas and Hey, um, be grateful. Um, when you know like there are those who are less fortunate who um are just grateful for the time they get to spend with their loved ones like those two things are not mutually exclusive and um one is not necessarily better than the other um to be fair all of christmas is a capitalistic um money grab so like again like who are you judging that's my my whole thing it's like oh they go um, skiing. It's like if you spend the majority of your paycheck that week on getting your kid shoes or whatever, you're doing so for the you're spending an exorbitant amount of money for you proportionately. So
0: to your point, Sean literally worked for the mob last year so he could buy Corey a nice gift. So I I, I, I have to I have to agree with you in in that regard.
1: Again, it's just, it's when, whenever you bring the judgment into it, that's where I'm like, okay, well, let's take a step back and really think about this, because I'm not saying that there isn't, you know, like, there there is a truth, there is that gap, especially between these two brothers, and I think it's important to bring it up that like, oh, hey, we're still learning each other, and we're still, you know, like, this is how we grow by creating our own traditions, I love that, but It's when you're like, oh, because he's rich, he doesn't understand the true meaning of Christmas. (laughs) And just like previously, it's like, because he's poor, he doesn't know how to live. Uh, uh,
0: You know, I I think it would have actually been a much stronger episode for Jack to have been like, hey, my parents are going on a trip by themselves. And Sean's like, oh, let's go down to the trailer park. Let me show you what Christmas is like with my family. Like that would have been... Um, almost very similar to how we did with Corey and Thanksgiving but with Jack realizing that this is his extended family too in some way and having to come to grips with that and getting over like all of his shit and hearing stories maybe about his dad that he didn't know about before all of that would have just been a much better use of their B storyline than them just being like well I I like going ice skating oh I like going like it just felt like the same shit we've been seeing
1: I agree, but then also I thought it would have been, because we use Jack as a sub for Corey later, it would have been very interesting if they would have been like, you know, Jack happens to be in the same room with Topanga and she's saying all the things that she likes and Jack's like, oh, I like that too. And you know, like they're learning and then you have this idea that Sean and Corey are like, oh, we don't have as much in common as they do. And that being like a mutually uh, jealous thing to where it's like, Sean is jealous of Topanga because she tends to bond with um, Jack and Corey is jealous of Jack because he has more in common with Topanga. And then that scene where they're together makes way more sense um, because it's like, oh, you guys have shown that they have similarities and that's why they make a better fit but then also you're tapping into the insecurities of the two main characters
0: and that's that's so much better because um what that does is make corey insecure about himself versus kind of creating problems where there aren't any like uh, just ask for a different kind of juice next time, bro. It's not that hard. I I, I don't. But
1: again, even... but but again, I think it's 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 hard because as much as I want to judge Corey in this same scene, Corey was like, "Ooh, pancakes. I'm gonna get some syrup. These don't get syrup." Uh, excuse me.
0: <laughs> I My food the for the syrup. <laughs> We're using the syrup. Why did she ask for syrup if she didn't want to use it for her damn pancakes? To pay- I didn't even
1: think about that. About. Like, <laughs>
0: we were all over the place in this episode.
1: Yeah, I did not even think about that. As a matter of fact, it would have made way more, again, sorry everyone, but this is just, <laughs> we're fighting all the holes in this. It would have made way more sense for her to be like, don't forget to use the syrup we just bought. <laughs> yeah and him be like oh i do it with sugar or whatever like that would make way more sense than for him to be like hey i'm gonna use that syrup that we bought yesterday yeah. that you made us go get and her being like uh syrups don't go on pancakes
0: <laughs> and okay to, to your point right now even like the thing that's so frustrating is Corey is learning like hey relationships require compromise topanga isn't learning that lesson like if anything, at the end, Corey is Christmas caroling for Topanga. Something he o- openly voiced made him uncomfortable. Um, so he's compromising for her, but I don't see her compromising for him at all.
1: And again, I think what for those who are listening, for us, at least, especially for me, I think it's important that we teach everyone that it's a about compromise on both ends because. I think what they were trying to do again because of the Allen storyline and Eric um Eric's comments. I think they were trying to be like, hey, men, you have to adapt um and and give for your woman. And it's like, okay, but also <laughs> she yeah. needs to show you respect because um women aren't the end all be all. And um I was gonna save this for my bruh moment, but like the idea of women keep men skinny is also, I was just like, so, so it's her, like, she, she's gonna be the reason why you uh, either gain weight or lose weight. So make sure it has nothing to do with your own well being. So make sure you keep her around or else you could get fat and you don't want that. Like, that's where I was just like, again, like, no, everyone needs to come to the table and everyone needs to to communicate, as you said, and then voice their needs.
0: Um, the episode concludes with Topanga giving Corey a promise ring after he gave her a promise ring Um, I couldn't help but wondering like at by the time the episode ended that like Wow, neither of them thought, hey, we really don't know anything about each other. We really have a lot of learning to do, and we have a lot of growing to do in this relationship. Maybe we shouldn't give each other a damn promise ring. Uh, the whole episode to me was like, why you shouldn't give her a promise ring. And then they just end up giving each other promise rings. So I I don't know. I don't like this promise ring is so frustrating too because it never even comes back like there's never a point where when they break up she like throws the ring in his face or anything like that like i don't even think she wears jewelry like it's it's
1: it so- world multiverse theory <laughs> that's that's anytime moving forward that we have to deal with this i'm like boy meets world multiverse theory so this Topeka and Corey got promised rings and we never see them again. But next week, when they don't have them on, that's because we're in a completely different multiverse. The rules are all different. Um, that Corey likes grapefruit juice and orange juice together. And <laughs> that's just, that's the only explanation. That's what that's I mean. What it wasn't really
0: interesting want. how they linked his obesity to uh, the declining of his mental health after a, a traumatic event but it was just played for jokes and laughs more than like you know actually diving deep into it. We don't take mental health seriously in the nineties. Maybe now even like
1: actually I, I will say and this is like my perception and you know I live in a bubble so whatever but I think that we do. I think like this generation, especially the younger generation, like they're all about, Yo, know, I go to therapy. This is what my therapist said. This is the prescription drugs I'm on just to make it through the day. Like, like I feel like we are unapologetic about our mental health and like our diagnoses and all of these things because I, we understood. Go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, I also, I feel the same way. A lot more of my friends are in therapy. They're talking about therapy. They're talking, like, even the way we communicate the, the wordage that we use, like, you know, uh, trauma and, you know, uh, or, or just whatever. Like, it just feels like everyone just has a more keen interest into their emotional intelligence. But I feel like that's the bubble I'm in. I don't feel like that goes for everywhere because, and I say this, 600,000 people died within the last year, and everyone's yelling about hot girl summer. So are we really taking mental health seriously? I, I don't know.
1: Well, see, but I, I, this is, this is where we kind of get like a little nuance. We are in LA and I, I I honestly, you know, maybe my sample size is different. But I will say that I feel like that's the older generation who's like really ignoring it. Because a lot of people I'll say, let's say the cities and like the urban areas, they do take a lot of people, I've seen a lot of posts be like, hey, just so you know, um, the exercise company are gonna start talking about your body. Your body got you through the pandemic, ignore it. I saw a lot of people being like, hey, ignore everyone who tells you that you had to do something during this time you just experienced the pandemic like I think there are a lot of people being like ah ah ah, before we even go there let's back it up and and stop putting on all these expectations I've seen it and I've seen it a lot outside of just my circle so and I've seen it specifically on social media so that's why I'm like I feel like it's a our generation a younger thing but I, 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 hope you're right. be I
0: hope you're right I hope it is generational and not regional which I was thinking that maybe it was
1: but. I mean who knows I it's it's a complicated time that we're in and I will admit that like there are plenty of things where I'm like oh everyone's doing this and they're like nah son that's just you and your Angelina's yeah so totally. um, or just you and people of color you know
0: <laughs> it tends to be that way um I don't have anything else to say about this episode yeah i, I don't you know, know if you do either
1: but. long episode i think we, like uh i think it was a good discussion all things considered and then i also think that um i'm just gonna as i said earlier my bra moment was this idea that there are several things that could be bra moments but for me it was really this idea that um women keep men skinny like i just like like I saw that and I was like what are you saying like because he doesn't have someone you could have shown him on his own you could have done the whole trope of he's a businessman and he's cold-hearted or whatever but no he has to be heartbroken and fat and like why
0: um yeah I, I, my bru moment if I had to pinpoint one Honestly, I don't, if I were Eric, I would never forgive Topanga for making me drive to Vermont. I would never forgive Topanga for a 14 hour drive where he wasn't giving gas money. I would never, like, I would have so much resentment towards Topanga, or I would have just hard pedaled the reel and let her hear it up front. I don't know. But like, Eric got stuck in that situation, and I can't imagine what that I was. don't.
1: Again, I, I, I don't know the situation, but that's not something you get stuck with. That's something you voluntarily say, I'm going to go along with this foolishness, because the answer would be like, do you have a car? If the answer is yeah. no, then I'm sorry, you're out of luck. If the answer is yes, here are my keys. If you want to make the drive, make it a you and Corey thing, go for it. But I, for one, will be on the couch watching a Christmas story, having some eggnog.
0: That's, you know what, that's that's a good point. Like, in that situation, like, Corey wasn't the only one who wasn't creating a boundary. Eric wasn't creating boundaries either. In fact, he was real quick to even, um, he was, sorry, my dog messed up my, uh doesn't matter. Uh, he was real quick to be like, oh, Topango, you spent too much on the gift for me. I'm cool with everything else. Like he was like, I'm going to go give Topanga a piece of my mind. And she's like, Oh, is it because I went over the spending limit? I'm sorry, Eric. I just saw something. And he was so quick to be like, it's all good in the hood. I'm getting my gift. So I don't know. I think the Matthews in general, as a family needs to talk about boundaries setting. And that's, that's my broad moment.
1: Clearly, clearly. Okay. uh, What grade would you give
0: this? Uh, I really dislike this is one of my least liked Christmas episodes that we've had so far too like I don't feel like they've done Christmas particularly well Um, I feel like the Sean joining the mafia episode even though it's ridiculous is far more memorable of a Christmas episode Um, I can't even remember the Christmas episodes really before that the one where Corey gives Sean a a present that's too expensive and like they feel weird about it I think that was season one that was a pretty good Christmas episode Uh, this see what would you say this episode i'll I'll give like a c maybe i was gonna say
1: i was gonna say c minus that's if i if this is your favorite episode uh please message us defend it because honestly like yeah i i am always open to hearing how you guys feel about our takes but in reality in my opinion this episode like it it just felt like a relic and I'm, I'm not about it. Again, they they are behaving like 32 year olds, so it's like, no, you're 16.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, you know what? We didn't do a feeny lesson. Do you have a lesson? Do you have a
0: feeny lesson? Um. My like, as a, as an observer watching this, is just that communication is the key to a successful relationship. And if you don't feel open, if you don't feel like you can freely, openly communicate with your partner. Um, And that it would be received in a healthy way. And that, you know, you can feel like there's progress being made with compromises that then the rest of it doesn't really matter. Like that's kind of a bedrock foundational thing. And so I think that's my main takeaway from this. Also, if someone makes you drive multiple states with a Christmas tree attached to your, your roof of your car, they do not love you.
1: No, how can they? (laughs) I think it's funny. Uh, So um, I like what you pointed out. You were like, not only did they have this entire discussion, but they also still gave each other the promise rings. And it's like, no, you absolutely should have been like, yo, maybe we're not ready to make this step. Maybe. But that is very much, again, it's like in america in general but especially at that time it's like oh you still get married like are you are you gonna not get married just because you guys aren't compatible come on
0: <laughs> yeah, but honestly the promise ring thing deserves a br- moment as well because the whole idea of promise rings in general are just very creepy and cultish and I, yeah no yeah I like it.
1: Uh, if you had a promise ring, please reach out to us and let yeah. us know. Uh and let us know how long you get that promise. <laughs> Didn't,
0: like Jonas Brothers fans like wear it and like tribute to the Jonas Brothers, like Boy, it became yeah. such like a fad. It was like those live strong bracelets. It was so weird how that happened.
1: South Park has an entire episode about the Jonas Brothers and their promise rings. So yeah. Um, okay. Homework.
0: Okay. Um you know what? I have to say that it's June 15th right now. Um, I, I saw In the Heights. I want to talk about In the Heights for a second because there's a lot of controversy around In the Heights. But as an Afro Latino myself, my mom being Puerto Rican, and my dad being Black, um, it was, I understand the criticisms But it did not take away from my experience watching the film, enjoying the film, and enjoying the culture that was celebrated throughout the film. Um, Personally, I think the stage rendition is a more superior way to take in that story. Um, But the film, I don't think is harmful. I think, if anything, it does celebrate a culture that doesn't get the representation, even if within that culture, there are still issues. And, And I say this because... If you go back and you look at black films in the early 90s and the 80s, you would be surprised how much colorism plays a part. You would be surprised how but
1: much I Rob but
0: Stevens I <laughs> and Halle Berry are considered the love interest versus a darker skinned woman like it's it's within every culture. And so, like, yes, there's some accountability that should be had, um, but I don't think that the criticism is as deserved um, as it's been. Getting. But that's that's just my own opinion. That is not my no. homework, by the way My homework is to say that of the musicals that were released within the last month, Bo Burnham's Inside is my favorite of the two. That's the musical everyone needs to be talking about.
1: Oh Um, my God. I'm so glad you brought up Bo. I like, like, God. All right. So uh, uh, let me comment on the In the Heights thing and and then go back to Bo Burnham because I was going to ask you if it's seen Inside. So, um, Bo Burnham, sorry, Inside, (laughs) In the Heights. absolutely like as someone who used to live in New York I understand the call out and the frustration because you're talking about a story specifically in New York and specifically in this part of Washington Heights so when you do that and none of the main characters are Afro-Latino and you know like there just isn't that color diversity the way that there should be, it makes sense that um, people had a problem with it. Because again, it's like you're talking specifically about my hometown. Like It'd be different if you just made up an area that was supposed, this was Gotham, and you know, like, we could have our own um, problems with it. But you went to a very specific location, and you very specifically excluded people. And then Uh, I had this conversation about DE&I inclusion um, with my company uh, earlier. I I reminded them, they were like, oh, everyone who auditioned for it, went." there were lots of dark skinned brown people in the audition and they just weren't as good. And it's like, no, you can find it. I always remind that thing where it's like, I'm getting the numbers wrong, but they're like, Beyonce found 11 black female violinists. If you look hard enough, you can find these things. And it's like, it can be done. It's like, you just didn't prioritize it. And because you didn't prioritize it, you set yourself up for critique and that's how I feel about it it's like I went I went I enjoyed myself I felt I felt that I was seeing a culture get represented I loved the fact that they switched between English and Spanish I love that there was like
0: did the Afro-Latino thing Occur to you while you were watching it or was it something that the controversy made you think about
1: the contra I, I will say like I had seen like I didn't I, I did I stopped the clip because I was like I don't want to go into the movie with this in my head but it had already infiltrated and i was like i'm i'm seeing what they're talking about um and again it's like i feel that as someone who is not from washington heights specifically i don't really have a like to stand on my critique is just my critique but um I agree with you where it's like I was still able to enjoy myself and I felt like it was still a good musical in general yeah, like right. if we are having The Greatest Showman and all these other stuff I was like this stands right up there as like a good musical that to me made me feel emotions made me feel the things that I felt you were supposed to feel it while watching.
0: Totally. I didn't see myself particularly on the screen but I saw my abuela I saw like my cousins like every person looked like someone in my family to the point where even though I wasn't that person on the screen, I felt good that my cousin Destiny has someone on screen that kind of has her hair. And like, you know, like everyone just feels, has something that they can relate to. And, you know, this isn't, this wasn't Wakanda. This wasn't Black Panther. This was about Lin-Manuel telling the story of his life. And this is just, his experience so I don't know I I I can see it both ways
1: yeah like I mean and that's the thing it's like you know um it I think it's hard because when they asked about it the the answers were the very typical answers that white directors give and I think that's a lot of where it comes from it's like not only did you make i think it's safe to say not only did you make a casting mistake but you did so and then doubled down and then you gave the same answers that we always get and i think that's one of the things that people really um were bothered by that it's like oh you didn't even do your own research or you didn't even prepare for this question you know in any way shape or
0: form so the, the, there's a moment where it's the most obvious to me cuz i did see it the second time um the most obvious there's a point in the nail salon where Daniela says something to the effect of, we survived slave ships. And I'm like, yes, I know that's true. Puerto Rican history is tied to the slave trade in so many different ways. Um, but if you're going to bring up the slave trade, if you're going to bring up how Africans <laughs> were, were infused in Latin culture in Puerto Rico, show us uh, some Afro-Latinos. I, I, I get it.
1: I get yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, mm. okay, burn them inside. Yeah. I watched it and I was like, literally amazed i was like this is so good and i thought it was good um i, I won't say it's the greatest special i've ever seen i won't say it like but i will say that it felt reflective of what i wanted to see if i had to see something from a comedian this is what i wanted to see i wanted someone to be real i wanted someone to be like hey being inside this past year was hard hey um we're all dealing with depression we're all just trying to make it through um here's some comedy like like I saw a lot of takes where people were like oh just you know that whole thing was like just tell jokes and it's like okay first of all no entertainer is required to only fulfill what you want them to fulfill like if this is what he put out and what he put his time into and he got paid for you have the right to not watch it that's always an option. And then second of all, um, I just felt that like, I was like, I would love to see more of this from celebrity. Like one of the critiques is like, do we really need a rich white boy to tell us that it was hard? Yes, because he's not specifically saying, hey, because of my money, it's hard, which is like, again, we got from Gwyneth Paltrow. I was like, I ate bread for the first time in years. And it was like, what? No, he was like, this is a experience that I felt and I hope other people can connect to it. And, um, I think that like, I think that more of us feel this way and, you know, like it's not, he wasn't leaning into his privilege in the way that I feel traditional celebrities who sing, you know, um, imagine like that wasn't, that wasn't what this was. Um, so yeah.
0: I, you know, uh for those who don't know the special was filmed written edited directed entirely bo burnham in a single room and that's what i knew going into that special and to me the thing that i love about the special yes there are some very clever very smart observations that he's making about society and the patriarchy and the internet that are just really fascinating that we can go into but if nothing else, I think it's such an amazing documentary of what the pandemic year felt like. Like if nothing else, it felt like I was watching someone start the pandemic and end the pandemic um, within a a single shot and feeling all the emotions, feeling all the frustrations, feeling all the depression. Like Everyone was like, oh, it wasn't very funny. And I'm like, where we're, you try to be funny during a pandemic then like dave Chappelle can't be funny during a pandemic so why 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 are you putting again
1: up? i think that's the thing it's like he it, first of all it didn't say comedy
0: special <laughs>
1: you know like special. like special
0: it said i have a special that's yeah, it
1: yeah it didn't say comedy special and I, again i think it's this idea of it's like oh you're a comedian you're supposed to make us laugh i a i'm the only supposed to live and breathe like that's the only thing i'm supposed to do number one number two is this was if felt more like a one-man show. And I was like, all right, right, that's what this is. This is an entertainer who usually uses comedy, who's now experimenting with a one-man show. And I think he did it in a very, I think he did a great job. I think his editing was really good. Some of the things worked, some of the things didn't, but that's what a one-man show is. It felt like someone trying to evolve. And I respected him for that. But then also, as you said, i my birthday wasn't during the pandemic, but I know, I mean, There are plenty of people whose birthdays were. And I know people who did double birthdays. And so that moment where he turns 30 and he's just like, this is, I was supposed to do this. I was supposed to get out. And I'm just in this room. I was like, it it, it felt so relatable. And I was like, yes.
0: Like he, he pointed out all the things that separate us from him. He pointed out his privilege. He pointed out being a cis white male, You know, like he pointed out all of the advantages he has. But at the same time, I felt the same depression during this year that he illustrated throughout the show. So there's a universal kind of bond because we all know what it was like to be stuck inside of a room too long. Yes. All the thoughts that affect you in that. um, I just want to point out that his editing is fantastic in it. the lighting that he does, um, he really has more of a theatrical background. If you go back and watch any of his special, I've been following him since like YouTube Um, and every single special he's put out, every comedy album, there was like, at first it was like a lot of silly, um, weird out type of uh, Joe songs. And then every now and then they would be like, oh, that was actually very smart. Mm -hmm. And then the next special would be like a little bit more introspective, a little bit more thoughtful to the point where the last two specials, especially this one, um, and his previous one, make happy, um, to me feel like theatrical one man shows, as you explained, um, that aren't so much comedy stand-up as performances about comedy and stand-up which is a big difference and i think really refreshing like i i can see any stand-up go in front of a microphone and just tell jokes for two hours like this was so nice to see something different so it's, it's definitely the top of my homework uh recommendations um as well as in the heights i think that it does deserve a watch for those who are curious about it
1: all right, thank you so much. Um, so no, no, I, I was about to say so very much like you, I'm gonna do like a a, a two four, uh, which is to say, going on the diversity and casting, um, Megan the Stallions thought shit. Have you seen it?
0: I haven't seen the video. I've been on, all- dude,
1: I sent you the video. <laughs> I know,
0: dude, I've been in, Ch- I was in Chicago this weekend for a wedding, like, I was just out and about. I've been watching it all morning.
1: I watched it and I noticed that all of her background dancers are black women dark-skinned black women all of them different body types of, but like they're all i was like oh she was like no this is like this is representation i don't need like and again it's nothing against she's had plenty of people of diverse backgrounds in her videos but that's not what this was for and i was that's what i'm trying to say it's very very easy to do when you're trying to do it and um i just i I loved it i love the song i love the music video i
0: I just haven't seen i haven't seen the video
1: you gotta watch the video specifically you gotta watch it you'll love it um so there's that and then my homework actually is um you guys know we are really into promoting other um kind of recap shows and podcasts and media there's a uh, youtube channel called nerd nostalgic and they did a youtube clip um like a 10 minute video called why boy meets world was the show of a generation yeah. and um
0: also sent me this video i have not watched it yet
1: um watch it i highly recommend especially if you're listening to this show to watch it i thought they made up some very good points which is um basically without really going into the details Boy Meets World was a unique show because it grew up with its characters like unlike shows to where the characters age at the same time as you so like you get your um Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or your um you even your um Saved by the Bell or Dawson's Creek or anything like this
0: any of that.
1: Yeah. yeah all of it they age and they get older but Everything kind of stays the same. You still have that formula of the TV show. Whereas Boy Meets World, and we've talked about this, Boy Meets World is a different show every season because what you're dealing, what Corey's dealing with, is a different theme every season. Like he's not who he was when he was ten. So the show ages and the show changes as he ages and changes. And we we often talk like that was kind of like the Achilles heel of Girl Meets World is like they wanted to age up the the content and and what they talked about and disney didn't want to do it like they wanted to play it safe and it's like no that's that was what made boy meets world special that's why this generation connects to it because they were like oh hey i was going to do those exact same things at the exact same time or even if i wasn't that was what our our generation was dealing with and so the topics changed if Corey was still talking about baseball and all this other stuff with his father like he was in season one yeah. then this wouldn't be the show that it was again it would just be uh family matters or a uh, full house to where it just got repetitive and you kind of fell out whereas boy meets world really did try to grow with its audience and um just watch the video i, I really enjoyed it and i wanted to give that a shout
0: out It's a great point. And as I reflect on a a lot of sitcoms that focus on children actors in the 80s and 90s, like I can't think of another show that aged along and that didn't feel restricted in its format. You know, if you watch a home improvement episode from season six and the home improvement episode from season two, it's ultimately going to feel like the same show. Yeah. Um, But just everyone's a little bit older. And I think to your point, you're like the content actually got older as well as the character. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested to check it out.
1: Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that was my homework. Thank you guys so much, as always, for listening to my new
0: 100 episodes yeah, i was
1: gonna say thank you for being my co-host this past thank 100 you episodes for being my co-host.
0: since 2017 it's
1: crazy that we've been doing it that long sorry you guys it should not have taken us this long like there's so many people who like other podcasts where they were like hey,
0: we did the whole series the in like. show week. is growing with us just like boy meets world because that's how our devotion is we are changing it as we change and evolution is <laughs> sometimes guys
1: yeah absolutely um so again thank you guys for listening as always reach out to us at brummies world on all of the platforms that's social i'm sorry that's twitter facebook instagram tiktok you can email us at brummies world sorry brummies world at gmail.com uh you can find me at i am not your oreo on twitter um t
0: Honestly, after watching Bo Burnham's Inside, I'm a little scared of the internet. Um, after seeing it personified, uh, so y- yeah, uh, you could see me on Anna Kendrick retweets. Uh, you know, I've been retweeting Anna Kendrick's tweets, and I think that could use some love. So uh, yeah, hit that. Is up.
1: Anna Kendrick still tweeting?
0: <laughs> Rarely. It's not as much as it used to. Believe me, her her activity's gone real down. As someone who retweets her tweets, it's gone down. <laughs>
1: Um, so again thank you guys so much. Um remember to dream,
0: to try
1: and to do good.
0: Yeah, and also the world needs
1: promise. it. Don't get promise <laughs> later bros.
0: Later bro. When the spawn meets world.